0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Down Roll. For Will DM, I'm Adam, and you can tell which one's which because our names are below us. We make That's it super true. easy for you here. Um, this is a little talk show that we talk about role-playing games. Um, so today, our topic is busting the myths of modern-day role-playing.
1: Oh, yeah. And it seems like this is where
0: we should have the opening credits, but we're not going to. It's going to be in the beginning. There you go. (laughs) So. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) It's just anticlimactic. And then we're done. Good night, everybody.
1: Good night, hey everybody. Thanks for showing up. (laughs) All
0: right. So let's start this off, man. Yeah, man. Am I a bad? Am I bad at role-playing? Wait, Yes,
1: I've told you that a number of times. (laughs) Oh, that was
0: rude. I know. Am I bad at role playing if I don't role play my characters? I can answer this one. The answer is yes. No. But I think we need to go. It is. It's yes. The way that it, No, it, it's we, not. But we need to. Yeah. You can't role play a character if you don't role play your character. So what do we talk about? What, what do we mean when we talk about role playing? There you go. There you go.
1: Now, so am I, guess, I a bad role player is, is really the question. There's often been uh, what they used to say, like there was a couple of catchphrases you got. It's role versus role, you know. So you got, as oh, in that, R-O-L-L... Yes, there's at least three people that have said that. There's R-O-L-L, role-playing, right. and then there's R-O-L-E, role-playing. Right. Role playing. Okay, so one... And if you don't know the difference, you got to just,
0: just Google it. Yeah, you got to suck it up and It'll, pretend.
1: Yeah, you can find the
0: stuff out very easily.
1: it, shake your head. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So basically... uh Role playing in the traditional sense of inhabiting and trying to act out your character My name is Lord Windsor
0: There it is And I am a knight of the round table
1: That is an example of one form of role playing I think it's just an example of using a voice And you know what? That's true And And I think that's where
0: people get confused Am I not role playing if I don't have a funny voice? The answer, yeah, and if you're using a funny voice, doesn't mean you're actually role playing.
1: No, it doesn't mean you're role playing. It means, well, it, yes and no. See, here's the thing. Okay, first of all, let's go into the R O L E role play. Right. Okay, we're gonna we'll, we'll tackle that first. So um, that's where you pretend to be somebody else. Pretend to be somebody else. Correct. There's different levels to that. Okay, there is the I do a funny voice and that's all I do. Technically, that's a form of role playing. There's the I do a funny voice and I bring up parts of my background story that I wrote 15 pages on Mm -hmm. periodically. That's in there, too. Then you go a little bit deeper than that. This is the hard one. This is where a lot of people start messing up. I make sure that my character acts the way my character should. Even if it's detrimental to me, possibly from achieving something right. in this the game. This is the Marlon Brando method acting You know what I'm saying? Version. When you're, you're going to go on, you're going to role play. You know. For example, a great example, we'll go to Return to the Bandit Kingdoms. Yeah, that was a great live stream. It was. Now, in Return to the Bandit Kingdoms, there was this uh, uh, ranger... Mm -hmm. who had anger issues and they were, they were in a, a city uh, with a bunch of slaves and he made the decision to essentially kill himself because he couldn't bring himself to leave Mm -hmm. knowing that there were people enslaved there. And so he put himself against impossible odds, knowing full well that his character was going to die. That's a very good example of role playing on a level that is not just surface role-playing. Right. Whoever was true. the player, that was brilliant. He was absolutely he's one move, of the best yeah, role-players I've ever moving seen. Story. Yeah, yeah. Really he doesn't fun. do very good funny voices or anything, but no. man.
0: <laughs> the next character had a funny voice.
1: Yeah, it was Adam, by the way, if you guys didn't figure yeah. it
0: out. <laughs> Go back and watch me playing, what was my name? Silver Wolf the Ranger, and then later on, town How quick you forget, man. I just, this,
1: it's done. It's, it's the fast. Yeah. It's the fast. I'm not that. Uh, you're segmental. always, you're a forward thinker. I you're am. always towards the towards the front. So here's the thing. Now, there is, a, a, there is an under, well, I shouldn't say an understanding. There is an idea currently that's floating around that's extremely prevalent that for you to be role playing and role playing correctly, you have to do all that stuff. Right. You have to be critical role. Exactly. And I'm here to tell you, as somebody who has, fuck, I don't know how many years I've got under my belt now. I've, I've got almost 40, not quite 40 yet. I got, we'll say 38, just to try and make myself sound impressive. So here's the thing. You don't have to do that to play role-playing games and have a good time. That is completely unnecessary period and everybody out there thinks that well you have to do that because that's part of role playing it's part of a type of role playing and if that's not your strong point if doing the uh you don't have to do voices there's tons of people who don't do voices because they can't then there's people who get into bringing up their backstory and doing things like that if that's not your bag if you can't even if you haven't even bothered to write a backstory there's nothing wrong with that There's nothing wrong also with not making your character do things that that character would do. If you're just role-playing yourself, essentially, in the character, that's it. It's just you. You're making all the decisions that basically you would do. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Period. And if anybody ever tells you differently, they are full of fucking shit. And you go back and you talk to Uncle Will... That's right. And you tell them to come and leave me a nasty comment down below and I'll ridicule their asses. Because here's the thing. Role-playing is a game and you can play a game, especially a game like role-playing, you can play it any kind of way you want. And if you're not into that type or that aspect of the game, it's not necessary.
0: Well, I think it's just it's as simple as... You're playing your character. You can play your character any way you want to. So as long as your character does what you want your character to do, you're role-playing. Yes. If you just sit there and you don't do anything and then you roll dice and you're hitting or missing, you're probably missing out on some of the fun. But if you say, you know, my character walks over there
1: and turns on the light. Mm -hmm. All right. there You're role-playing. There you go. That's role-playing. I this is you hear this all the time too. And there's a uh there's a podcast out there. It's called The Glass Cannon that I listen to and rather enjoy. And you will catch from time to time in there, and these are all veteran role players, uh, this common phrase which you'll hear a lot. Um, well, my character says, and then he then says something, doesn't change his voice, doesn't say anything funny. That does happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Now, granted, they do funny voices and stuff in there, too, but, you know, there is that is probably, you know, and you see this a lot out there, too, that there's all these myths that are being created. And there's just anti-culture against uh, the streamers and things that they see out of, like, Critical Role and stuff, because there's so many people out there that are beating a drum saying this is role playing.
0: Well, I think it's also um, something that could intimidate. A lot of people and oh it role does playing. yeah
1: and it does exactly that's that's one of the biggest things i think also that might be one of the things where you get that friction between the old guards the grognards there i said your one of your favorite words and the new generation because there's this whole big myth that there's these two groups don't get along and it's not that's not true it's not a matter of not getting along it's a matter of different types of role-playing styles and I think
0: that. maybe that's an important piece of it is before you you play as a group, you understand the style that everybody in that group
1: likes to play. Huge. And we'll go into that at another time when we're talking about how to find your perfect role playing group.
0: Yeah. A uh, little tease.
1: Yes. As All I right. Say, so now
0: here's another myth. I want to try DMing, but I don't know how to act or do voices, so I'll always be second rate.
1: Again, bullshit. It's terrible. I'm going to clue you in on a little bit of a secret. Oh, yeah. You've probably heard of a guy called Gygax. No. I see. I hate you sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, you're talking...
0: You're talking about Jerry Gygax, the guy, yeah, yeah, whatever. So,
1: anyway, when you go back and you talk about, there's like big names, especially if you go in and you read the history of uh, of the role playing industry and how this stuff came about. Okay, there's different types of names that you start hearing Frank Menzer and uh, Tim Ward, not uh, Mark Tim uh, Ward, not Tim Ward. Um, Tim Ward was a dude who played with us for 20 minutes. I know there is uh, another guy, uh, him, G- uh, Jim Ward i um, see, I'm getting it. Doesn't wrong. matter. Gary Gygax. Yeah. Gary Gygax is probably a, a great example. Okay. who created Dungeons and Dragons for those of you who don't know. Co-creator. So But he gets uh, all the press. He he is the guy who gets all the press. He was the face. So uh, a lot of those old school guys, do you honestly think that they were doing tons of funny voices and stuff like that? No. They weren't. It they would weren't. be
0: great if they were, though.
1: It, it, some of them did. It's not like no. a lot of them didn't. Um, but um, essentially what it is is doing that has absolutely nothing to do with being a good dungeon master. You want to know what the real big clues, uh, the number one thing that's going to make you, and I'm, I'm here. I'm going to tell you the best thing that you can be as a DM is know your players and try to make sure that your players have a good time. And however you need to do that, is how you do it. If you can't do funny voices, that's fine. You do it through the story. You do it through. I mean, if your players are only there to hear funny voices, they're not there to fucking role play anyway. <laughs> I'm and only you,
0: here for the funny voices.
1: I I know that's why I said that. But so but that's that's the thing. It's it's a complete myth. You're not gonna be second rate. You wanna go Adam uh, uh not Adam, uh yeah, Matt Colville go if you want to see a guy who's old school who everybody has such huge high regards for and see him dm go watch matt colville's stream you're not as going long to as see it's not
0: on when any of our streams are on
1: correct but does does matt colville uh uh dm like uh our our, our like matt mercer no i don't know not at all he doesn't do it at all he's not it now Again, this is this is where you've you've got this this idea that pops out of a lot of the um, the, the culture of of the streamers. Probably my favorite uh, DM on that you can see is Adam Coble, and I love his stuff. I watch. I watch all of his stuff, and why, especially why do you like when, him so much? now the reason I like him, and it depends on the group. His core group that he does like his D and D stuff with, and things along those lines. Um, that uh, um, he's got distracted elf Bluejay, yeah. But the and the other guys that are with no him offense there, to but, distracted
0: elf, but <laughs>
1: yeah. That's not but, what we're
0: here to talk about.
1: You're watching a group of friends, people who know each other playing Dungeons and Dragons and you can really see that come through in the game it really shows what does Adam Cole do
0: that's any because here's the thing you can look at a lot of streams Mm -hmm. and see actual friends playing the game and it's garbage
1: I can say yes I can say the reason I like it is because it's smart It's not this dumbed down version that you see on a bazillion streams where everybody's trying to force a laugh and everybody thinks that, okay, now it's my turn. Let me do something silly to try and be. You know, it's people just playing a role playing game to have fun playing a role playing game. They're smart in how they. Kobold's smart in how he runs the monsters, how he has the effects that come about, and he holds the players accountable. That's something that I do as a DM too. I hold players accountable. You You say that just so you can kill me. It's a justification for killing characters, correct? So, but. And that's one thing that he does. He's smart in his on how he DMs. He's smart in how he portrays things. And he knows when to cut slack, when not to cut slack. And they're just smart in how they do things. And I find that so refreshing compared to so many other streams that are out there. There's just... There's so many streams that have it in their mind that, the, you know, for this to be successful or for that me to have fun, play D&D, uh, we have to have a quota of five laughs per every uh, 10 seconds or some kind of bullshit. You know, and that's not the truth. That's not the way that works. So just be yourself. Yeah,
0: pretty much what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Backgrounds, another myth. Backgrounds are super important to your character and to the game.
1: It's not even remotely true. Here's when a background means something. One, your DM's going to do something with it. Right. (laughs) Okay. And you will. Right. No, (laughs) well. I never do. I, why bother with it? I mean, you, the characters aren't going to survive long enough. I know. So and I if, they, know and if they list. do, then they're like, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get the yeah. next time. Well, the characters that do survive, those are the ones that I go into their backgrounds. I just never go into your characters' backgrounds. So Gee, I don't even bother writing them anymore because they're not going to live past the third session. And you know what? Thank God I got tired of, well... To you didn't read them it. anyway. I didn't read them anyway! <laughs> so, uh, and, Any- so, anyway, so, uh, background, completely Unnecessary completely. Now, if your DM's going to use them, sure, great. Write something up, give it to the DM so that they can use it and interweave it into the story. Two, um, it's not necessary to give your character um, something if you, the player, aren't going to use it. If your background is so detailed that if the DM asks you something and you go, hold on a second, let me look in my backstory and you got to look and you got to find the question the answer to the question he's asking chances are your your background's way too long way too intricate and so it's not necessary one of the things i I, this is another and, and i and i can't uh remember who said it so i can't give credit where credit is due but in older games your background was your adventuring you didn't have this big melodramatic backstory out of which that you were going to role play with. You were starting it wet behind the ears, one foot in front of the other. You're going to make your fortune or you're going to go and make your backstory. So as you go through, as you role play, you make your backstory. And that's what I mean by your backstory only has to be. Yeah. I'm from Bedford and like, uh, there's my mom and there's my dad. There's your backstory. That could be it. I used to dig ditches in the summertime and, you know, go ice fishing in the winter. So There's I'm, a backstory, man. I'm going to, I'm going to, because you have a lot of suppositions here.
0: Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to disagree. I think I agree with you on the point that some people get way too carried away on their, uh, on their backstories. That being said, and again, I think it depends on how you, how you like to play and how the group plays.
1: Oh, yes. So, yes,
0: um, that. I think when if you're going to if you're going to role play back to our original uh you know question and 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 it's not and you're and you're even if there's like a mix of strategy and role play or whatever and it's not super just you know 100% strategy focused and all that cuz then it doesn't really matter you're just you know using the dice to determine if you're successful or not anyway. Right. Um <clears throat> but I think when you have a backstory one, I agree. I mean, the backstory is not going to be, you know, I'm a hero of, you know, the seven cities and I've, you know, mm-hmm. destroyed the evil dragon. Yet a, a goblin can kill me by looking at me because I start, I'm now, I'm still first level. Um, right. But I think, you know, to me, the backstory is why are you there?
1: And that is a backstory being well used. And you're correct if you use the backstory. That's somebody Mm -hmm. who a backstory works for. Right. How many people do you know or have role played with that means absolutely nothing? Has it affected your role playing when the dice start hitting the table that Bob across the table didn't have his backstory? Um, Well, sometimes. That's the point. But I think sometimes it's not going to affect the game to such a degree that things are just no more.
0: No, but at the same time I do think that um you can there's a different level of engagement many mm-hmm. times for people who have some level of backstory versus people that have none. And again, the yeah. people who have too much backstory, they wind up getting frustrated because, you know, yeah, 99% of it is is never never comes into play.
1: Yeah. And you're right. If you if you're the type of person that can use a backstory, then 100 percent you use that backstory. Right. And I think part every of the thing.
0: difference is is because you're a grognard, <laughs> and you're not That's hip right. to the whole new school vibe, man. There's no, I don't, I don't yeah. a every, every time I every time I try to bring my backstory into it, you just yell at me to get off of your lawn. That's right. And then I try and kill your character. Yeah. And it's usually (laughs)
1: successful because you're the DM. Right? All right. Like, if you go into bandits, though, that's a good example Mm -hmm. of people. There were certain characters that had backstories Mm -hmm. that made it into the the storyline. And then there were some people that their storylines weren't as center- And that's because they didn't have as much of a storyline and it didn't really affect the enjoyment of the group as a whole. But I'll tell you what, if you're
0: going to, if you are thinking of streaming a game,
1: yes, it is more
0: interesting for the people watching. If the characters have some level
1: of depth. Yes. And I would agree with that with Adam, 100%. There's a difference between sitting around. This is, that's another topic right there that we should totally do at some point. Uh, Streaming gaming is completely different than gaming around the kitchen table with your friends. Completely. There there, there are similarities in the fact that you're rolling dice and you're playing a game called Dungeons & Dragons, but the expectations and the things that you should focus on... You're there to entertain
0: the people watching.
1: There you go. Yeah, so it is a big difference.
0: All right, another myth. Digital tabletops and miniatures make the game
1: much better. Yes and no. And this is it's going gonna, it's gonna to be sort of like what we were talking about with uh, the backstories. Do you need those to play role-playing games? No. Yeah. And I'll go, as I always do, back to the old school. Right. Old school, when it first starts out, we have graph paper. They used to have a guy they who, had a lot... hey, who did the mapping. The right. Dungeon Master didn't map shit. No, it
0: was, the, it was the characters would map it.
1: The characters did the map. The Dungeon and... Master would explain it to them, and then they would do the map and draw it out.
0: And let's be honest. I think the reason that they changed that is because nobody had an accurate map. That's did true. You, did anybody ever do? You did you ever play a
1: game where anyone had an accurate no. map? And you know what it was. And this is why it changed because all the games that I ended up playing in, what would happen is there would be graph paper. Okay. Right. And Everyone had like a little it, pad it, of a graph paper. Yeah, it was graph paper that was on the table, and then the dungeon master would draw the dungeon as they went along. Oh, we
0: didn't even do that. So you had a much better dungeon. Um, master because my yeah. dm would tell us what was happening and and we would have to draw it ourselves. yes well i
1: was not some of those
0: and and it would be wrong every time every but time were, and then it, and then we'd spend half of the session trying to figure out where we went wrong with the map <laughs> and the dungeon master would get angry because i told you it was a right turn here and a left
1: turn there and so, so- he wouldn't he wouldn't stop you when he saw that you were drawing it incorrectly he was a dick. that's that, well, there you go. That's why. See, so that's what my Dungeon Masters would do. When I first was doing it and, and they he, the players were, were drawing it, the Dungeon Master would be like, no, no, it's like this. And then they would over, always, a couple of times, come over and do it to show them how it was going correctly. And then he'd go and he'd sit back and they'd start playing again. Then he'd have to end up doing it again. So that's why the, the majority of the Dungeon so Masters... So I'm going to
0: say that we're in agreement that maps make the game better. <laughs> yes. Let's put it this way. You may it's, not need anything
1: else, but at least give them a fucking map. Right. Let's, well, let's put it this way. When it comes to virtual tabletops, I, I fucking love them. I absolutely love them. When it comes to miniatures, I love that too, but miniatures are a pain in the ass. But if you're the type of person that gets off on it, you love doing it, you love having like boxes and boxes of them. The way, and this is the God honest truth, and I should have got some. Okay. I should have brought some over the show as an example because I don't have any right here on the You're table. About I do, I do, I do. Okay, I'm going to show yeah. you what I use. A guy here. No, nothing like that at all. This is how the experienced dungeon master with thirty-eight some odd years worth of role playing does miniatures and this is the last time i went to Genghis con last year and i ran for at my local con Mm -hmm. what i do is i have a big uh uh, dry erase board map Mm -hmm. that where i will draw on and what i do my miniatures are these you see that yeah these you can go and you can buy these at any hobby lobby uh, michael's many craft stores these are little wooden uh, people they started making these originally what they did is they had the clothes pins and they would cut off the big legs and then you'd be left with this and it looks sort of like a person so like when I would start how much if would I'm those doing cost? Things, you can get like 10 of these for a couple of bucks
0: Okay.
1: Okay. and then this is one of the things too that I would do is like I take them and then I spray paint them and I number them and that's, that's what I use for monsters if I want a dragon I go buy a plastic dragon or a dinosaur or some shit like that The characters, each character gets one of these, and then you can draw on these. You can paint them. You can do whatever you want as a miniature. And that's what I use as miniatures. So, but as far as whether or not they're cool to have on the table, I've seen some balls nasty, really cool layouts. You know, they got fog machines, all kinds of stuff. And it's great. I think it's spectacular, visually awesome, and completely unnecessary if you don't want it. The boss does make the game better. In some instances, yes. I you can't disagree with a visual cool. spe, spe, spectacle presented to you. It is hugely yeah. cool, but it is not and necessary. You got your little clothespin pin men. That's right. God damn it! And you know what? And this is why I would say, while not as is mm. effective, my clothespin pin guys are almost as effective as the most expensive props out there and this is why one of the biggest reasons people like role playing in and D&D and all that is the movie that's playing up in here mm-hmm. while you're yeah. playing and that movie is way better than anything that you can put on the table when it comes to houses and miniatures and all that different stuff even when you have all those props this movie is still so it's going like it's off. like um reading a book versus watching a movie. Totally. And that's the thing about role-playing. You're telling a narrative story, and that picture plays in your head. And basically, as so. long as you have something. Because I think it's, it's
0: when you look at miniatures, um, it's really about knowing where things are in the battlefield. Because it can get confusing. Yes, it helps. Uh, and and that when, when I first started, we never had miniatures and stuff like that. It was all, you know, theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it worked, but there were some times where, like, the battles just got too confusing.
1: Yes. And, and again, it, it would
0: slow down the game to try to yeah. figure out where you were in relationship to the other characters, to the other mm-hmm. NPCs and monsters. Yeah. Um, so having something there just yeah. makes the game, I think, just move a little faster and a little
1: smoother. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 100%. And even if that is you just drawing on a dry erase board. Right. Or just using, like, pennies from your pocket. Although I don't have any or pennies either. Little or your wood, little men. Widgets. Or whatever. I forget the technical term for those, are. But.
0: Um Alright. Our last myth. I've never role-played before, so I won't be any good. Bullshit. Complete bullshit.
1: You this is the... You don't know who's watching right now. No, Well, that's... <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is whether or not you will be good at role playing, because I talk Mm -hmm. to people who haven't role played all the time Mm -hmm. and it comes down to this. And this is not a slight because it's going to sound like it when I say it. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean it that way. How creative is your imagination? That's what it comes down to. If you're an avid reader of fantasy books, if you're an avid reader of sci-fi, if you're an average, avid watcher of like television or you like problem solving. I mean, there's so many different things that can pull you into and make you a, a good good role player. Not ever having done it doesn't make you not good role player. Mm-hmm. Not liking fantasy doesn't make you a bad role player.
0: Right, it might make- Because if
1: you don't like Dungeons and Dragons, you can play another game. Right, that's
0: we have a player. we have a whole
1: downroll episode about that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a thing if if let's put it this way, and this is what I often say to to people who <coughs> are interested in doing it, play one game. One game. And if you don't see the potential or get it in one game, you don't even have to have a good DM to get it and see the potential and want to do it again. Because if you get it, basically what will happen is you'll go, you'll play the game, and then after you play that game, you'll be like, I could see where this has potential. I need to find a good dungeon master. It That will be what you mm-hmm. will think. And then that's how you'll know whether or not y- you're going to be a good role player. Because the thing of it is, is, being good at something is, it's all uh, opinionated. You could be the best role player in your group because that's your group. That's the click, the people that you, you work with, that you 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 fit into a group. Don't ever think that, well, I don't think I would fit well. Because you get this a lot nowadays because of streaming. I won't. I don't think I could play with group X, Y, or Z that I see online or on TV. I, I don't think I'd fit in there. I don't think I'd be able to play with those guys. That's not all of role playing. You're
0: probably not gonna be able to play with the critical role people though, because they've got yeah. like a pretty big business going on right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you and have to be somebody. You. you have to be somebody famous. Now you got to be like uh, I think it, Patrick Rothfuss. So he does it. He he does all this and, and prolongs not writing his third novel. I'm yeah. sure some people, some people out there just clapped <laughs> when I said that. <laughs> Patrick, I'm just busting your balls, dude. <laughs>
0: I still have the first novel. I haven't really gone through it because I'm waiting for yeah. to f- ever finish it. Anyway, yeah. I think the important thing about role playing is just you know, uh, and I think and I think you do get better at time because it's really about comfort, right? And it's mm-hmm. about you know letting down you know that you know the guard. I had a friend who. Uh, was really hesitant about, um, you know, about playing. And he was one of those people who as well, I, I don't want to use, like, a funny voice or anything. And they said, you don't have to. I said, you just, just you know, rolled up a character. And I think 5e does a nice job in helping facilitate role play by giving yes. you the options of the personality and flaw and ideal and bond and all those things. Um, and that actually helped him come up with a character. And then, you know, as soon as he starts talking, he starts talking in a British accent.
1: Right, exactly. I don't want to talk with a funny voice, yeah. and, um, and, then, and then everybody else at anyway.
0: the table started t- talking in a British accent because they were listening to him talking in a British accent. Because um, you know.
1: everybody knows that Americans only consume fantasy culture with British accents. Yeah, and I'm offended as somebody who loves British history and culture. <laughs>
0: Um, but anyway, I think like the more comfortable you get and the, and the, you know, and, and again, put your guard down, like you're you're playing, yeah. even if you're not playing among, you know, quote unquote friends that you've had for a long time, you know, I think uh, you, I, I think playing a role playing game, whether it's Dungeons and Dragons or, or something else, um, actually helps facilitate you know um, becoming friends often with the people at the table um, because you you know you have that common bond and your characters and stuff like that. Um, and I think that the you know the more you play, the less you think about role playing yes and the more you think about the story that's happening, the situation that you're in and what your character yes. is going to do in that moment. Yes, and when you yes. can do that, regardless of your voice and, you know, and, um, you know, and how, you know, comfortable you are and if, you know, and, and whatever. I mean, you you kind of forget about, you know, yourself in that situation mm-hmm. and you just do what the character is going to do. And when you get to that point, well, I mean, that's simple role playing. Yeah. There's no voices involved. You may not have a backstory, you know, but, you know, but suddenly, you know, you know what that character is going to do when you do it.
1: Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's uh, something that I say all the time. There's no wrong way to role-play. You just got to find the people that like to role-play the way you do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, That's on right. that note, for Will DM, I'm Adam, and this is another episode of The Downroll. Check us out on twitch.tv, Wicked Studios, LLC, on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. for Return... Nope, it's not Return to the Band of Kingdoms anymore. Not it's anymore. It's Greyhawk <laughs> <laughs> Adventures... Presents Ghosts of (laughs) Saltmarsh It's got all of the words Every word (laughs) is in there We're going to put some more in too (laughs) And then on Wednesday nights Also 9pm Eastern Time um, Same place uh, Check out Tales of a Savage Land Which is a Savage Worlds role-playing system game Mm -hmm. Um, And then maybe at some point soon There'll be some other games coming
1: Yep, there will be We just don't know when you're, I can say that. I know, but you're running the
0: channel. You should know. You're just not going to tell us. I Well, there's, yeah. You got, you Make got it, it sound like you know what you're doing here. I don't. And on that note, see you next time on The Down Roll. Bye. Uh.